2: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: As you know, if you listen to the show, Elizabeth is hard at work shooting the pilot for the fix because of her work on the pilot she's not recording in her usual place and you may notice a difference in the sound quality
1: hello and welcome to happier a podcast where we discuss cutting-edge science the wisdom of the ages lessons from pop culture and our own experiences about how to be happier this week we'll talk about why you might make a weekly phone date and how a simple sticker can boost your happiness I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, we have bi-weekly Sunday morning phone dates, and then we also talk at other times, too, so we have lots of phone dates.
2: Yep, that's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and Gretchen,
1: I probably talk to you on the phone more than anybody (laughs) else in my life. I know. Like, phone calls are not—people forget you can make phone calls in this age of so much stuff. Now, though you have exciting updates from Hollywood. Yes, Gretchen. Sarah and I are hard at work on our pilot. We
2: love it. Our director has been doing an incredible job. I really think it's going to look beautiful, and our cast is amazing. So I'm, I'm I'm, getting to the point now where if it doesn't go to series, I'm just going to be gutted. <laughs> so. I'm gonna need a lot of <laughs> happiness tips if this thing does not go to series. I'll um, be counting on you, but hopefully it will. When do you know? When do you find out? Probably like May twelfth. Okay. So. So um,
1: you know a little bit of time, but not much. Right. Right. Time passes. Wish me luck. Uh, yeah. Good luck. Good luck. And I have news, too. Um, I've been working on my little book, Outer Order, Inner Calm, kind of on and off for a while now because it's just this kind of project that's a lark. It's just something that I did because I just couldn't resist. I just loved it. And whenever I would have some downtime, I would sort of work on it. But now it's officially in the pipeline, which means, like, I went from, I think I told you this, Elizabeth, I went from having kind of no work to do with it to all of a sudden having a lot of work, because it's like, I need a final draft by April 15th, and we're going to have a final version by June 15th, and you need to meet with the illustrator, and you need, you know, and we, like, what are you going to do about this? And all of a sudden, it's like, it's real, but it's exciting. Oh, it's so exciting. I mean, you have a book coming out, and you...
2: It just sort of seems like it popped out of nowhere, although you have been working on it.
1: And, yeah, it's sort of a side project. Um yeah, so it's coming out in March twenty nineteen for spring cleaning time, I realized. So that's like that's the, that's a good hook. So that's really fun to have outer order, inner calm.
2: Maybe instead of a book tour you can go on a clutter cleaning <laughs> tour and go. Clean clutter from people's closets.
1: Several people said after we did the clutter clearing episode in your office, they're like, hey, Gretchen, you can come to my house. I'm like, literally nothing (laughs) would give me more pleasure. But speaking of our previous episodes, Elizabeth, we got this good update from our listener, Dan, about our Try This at Home from episode 158, where we talked about creating a standardized vacation. And Dan made an interesting point about triangulation.
2: Yes, he said... For the last five years, my closest friend since grade school and I have done a guy's golf trip to Florida each November, staying at the same resort every time. He lives in Detroit, and I live in Boston. He's an engineer, so he's very thorough with research. The first year we went, he researched airfares from Boston to Florida and Detroit to Florida and calculated that of all the airports in Florida, Fort Lauderdale was always the cheapest total fare from our home airports. So we go to Fort Lauderdale every year, triangulating to an affordable destination from both our home airports, as well as staying at an oceanfront Marriott that we usually book on points makes it affordable enough that money is never a reason not to go. Every year we debate going somewhere else, which may mean we're not 100 percent committed to standardization. But so far, we have done the same trip every year, partly to avoid decision fatigue, partly because we know the resort is perfect for us but also because we know that we'll be hard-pressed to find another destination that's as affordable from both sides of our triangle.
1: Yeah, and so, I mean, I think Dan is bringing out another advantage of having a standardized vacation, which is you can, if you're lucky enough to have a friend like Dan has who's going to do this (laughs) research and sort of really figure it out, then you can make the trip less expensive because you've figured out all the angles. Okay, how do we make it the shortest, the most convenient um, whereas if you're changing it every time, it would be very hard to go through that calculation. It, it, like People just wouldn't do it. And so I thought this was a really another advantage of why standardization can make trips easier to stick with. Because if they're more affordable, then as he says, then it's not a reason to have to skip.
2: Yeah. So that's, that was a
1: great insight. And Elizabeth, our try this at home tip also was suggested to us from someone else, um, which is to have a weekly phone date. Yes, and we got this
2: idea from our aunt and uncle, as a matter of fact, one of our uncles. Susan and Tom, uh, who are our dad's sister and brother, and they have a weekly phone date. Every Friday at 5.30, they talk on the
1: phone. And so it's set up, it's on the calendar, like they know it's going to happen.
2: Yes, and Susan said that she makes every effort not to go out, you know, with anybody Friday night, to be at home at 5.30 And her husband uh, makes his own dinner that night so that she doesn't have to worry about it. And um, Tom always makes sure to be home at 5.30 on Friday nights. And they talk, and I think they talk for a long time, like she said, usually till at least 7.30. Wow. So that's like a two-hour phone date.
1: So that's not really just like a, hey, how you doing, catch up. That's like, I'm really going to talk to you about something.
2: Yes. They just love to talk to each other. They're very close, and um, this way they know
1: they're going to get that time. Well, I think that that's so smart for all the reasons that we, like, uh, related to a standardized vacation, related to so many things, is, like, once— if you, if, for some people hate having things on the calendar, like especially Rebels, mm. but for a lot of people, it's just a lot easier to follow through with something if it's on the calendar and you're making space for it. And then also you don't get into that thing where something that can be done at any time is done at no time. And so even though you want to have time for a really long conversation, you might not naturally be able to hit on that time if you're just calling at random times because what's good for me might not be good for you. And it's good to really... Identify that time so you can keep it clear.
2: Yeah, I also think that just calling it a date makes it more fun. Yes. It sounds more fun to have a phone date with someone than just saying, call me at 530. You know, it makes it feel more festive if if it has the word date attached to it.
1: Well, and it also feels more social. It's not like, oh, I'm just sitting on the yeah. phone. It's like, oh, I have a phone date with my brother. I have a weekly phone date. Yes, you're right. It's, yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but the language of it is really important. Um, you know, it's funny, like when I think of people making weekly phone calls, I think of like back when I was in college. I We didn't really have this so much, but it was a thing that many of my friends had, which was you did have a time when you would call your parents, Uh, Yes, Because at that time, it was sort of hard to get on the phone. You know, it was there were like a lot of people fighting over a few phones. Eliza, we don't have that with her because we just sort of touch base with her in small ways more frequently because now she has a phone with her all the time. But I still think there's a lot of power to the idea of the weekly phone date.
2: Yes. Yeah. People would be like, I have to get back to my room and call my parents
1: at six o'clock on Sunday. Yeah. 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 Now, this only works if p- both people like the phone. And it's interesting. Some people really don't like to talk on the phone. Oh, yeah.
2: Adam, my husband, he has zero interest in talking to anyone on the phone.
1: Would he FaceTime um, or, or anything like that? Or he just doesn't like uh, to? I mean, he will if
2: he's forced to, but he'd much rather text. Um, of course, unless it's Jack and he's out of town. And then, of course, he wants to talk to Jack.
1: But here's the thing, Elizabeth. I would say I'm somebody who absolutely does not like to talk on the phone, but I like to talk to you on the phone. Like, I don't mind talking to you on the phone when we have our kinds of conversations. So I think sometimes you can think of yourself as, oh, I'm somebody who hates the phone, but maybe in the right circumstances, you'd be fine with it. I
2: also think it's just the person, people, and this is a reason for the phone date. It's like the people you're used to talking to, it feels natural to talk to. And the people who you don't talk to often, it feels more difficult. That's a reason to do it every week so that you don't fall out of the habit of talking.
1: Well, 100 percent. And that's exactly the reason why we do our update emails that we've talked about before, with which was with mm. you, me, mom and dad. Because mom made the point that if you never talk to somebody, you feel like you have nothing to say to them. And if you talk to them all the time, you feel like you have tons to say to them. So we just very frequently send these catch-up emails. And the motto of update is, it's okay to be boring. And we just literally will update each other on what we're doing in very daily ways. And it's amazing. Because you're right. The more contact you're in, the more contact you want and the more you have to say. Yeah, absolutely. And here's something else I've noticed. So if you're in a situation where there's somebody who's a little bit needy or clingy or like always wanting to talk and you're finding it hard to manage that. In my observation, when people are like that, when they know they have time with you, when they know there's a period that's set aside just for them where they're going to have your attention and nothing's going to interfere with it and they can count on it and look forward to it then a lot of times they become less anxious and demanding because they're like, I don't have to keep trying you and trying you and trying to catch you and getting kind of brushed off because I know I'm going to speak to you on Friday at 530 or Sunday at 6, and so I can relax. And so this might be a way to manage somebody who's trying to get more and more of your attention when you're finding it burdensome.
2: Yes, that is a great point, especially I can see for parents,
1: you know, kids and parents. Yes, Absolutely. So let us know if you do try this at home and how setting a weekly phone date works for you and how you set it up and with whom and we'll be very curious to hear. Uh, let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, drop us an email at podcast at com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes for this episode 163. So that's happiercast.com slash 163 for everything related to this episode. Coming up, we've got
2: a happiness hack that's as simple as a sticker, but first this break.
1: Each week, StoryWorth emails your loved one a thought-provoking question that you get to help pick. Give all the fathers in your life a unique, heartfelt gift you'll all cherish for years, StoryWorth. Right now, save $10 on your first purchase when you go to storyworth.com happier. That's storyworth.com happier to save $10 on your first purchase. I now work with a team, and I am here to say that finding the right candidate and hiring the right candidate is one of the very biggest and most important challenges to anyone who has a small business.
0: LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
1: So Elizabeth, I have to say that this happiness hack is in the category of like the absolutely stunningly obvious. And yet it, (laughs) it made me so happy. I feel like I must mention it. And the general principle, and I'll explain how I specifically used it is if you have a situation, like at home or at work or wherever, where you don't know who owns something, do something to market. And I, I, as dumb as this is, so Jamie and I both have AirPods, you know, and they come in these little white cases for our iPhones to listen to as headphones. And it, they're these very cunning little box-like things, And but they're paired with your phone. And so they're not interchangeable the way most other kinds of headphones are. You have to have your yours. And we kept putting them down in places where I wouldn't be clear whose was whose. And then we had to figure it out. It was super annoying. And then finally I was like, let me just wake up and figure this out. And so I took our sticker collection, which is this giant envelope we have full of stickers. And I said to Eleanor, put some stickers on my case so I know which one is mine and which one is daddy's. And so she put a little pink heart on one side and a little red heart on the other. Very kind of elegant. And now I know which one is mine. And this little thing, which took like 14 seconds, has saved me so much time and so much annoyance because I was always like kind of blaming it on Jamie. Like, why did you put yours near mine? And, right. you know, I, it just, it's just so simple, but it made a huge difference.
2: Gretch, I did the exact same thing with my iPad ah. because Sarah and I have the same iPad and it has the same gray case and we always have our iPad at work yeah. and we share an office and it would always be like, whose iPad is this? So I put a little taxi sticker um, on my case, Taxi for New York, Um, so I'd feel nice and connected to New York when I opened my iPad. So now we always know mine has a sticker, hers doesn't. Now we've never confused our iPads again.
1: Well, and it's nice when the stickers somehow, even the presence of the stickers kind of is a nice reminder. So it's not even just like your yeah. initials or something, but it's like the taxi has meaning for you or the fact that Eleanor put the hearts on for me is kind of yeah. heartwarming. And by
2: the way, Gretchen, oh, if people don't have stickers, I mean, you could always use nail polish
1: for the same thing. Ooh, yeah. Or Sharpies, maybe. Um And I think this hack falls into the general category of identify the problem, which is a lot of times the hack to solve a problem is not complicated. Instead of just having this low level of irritation running through your mind, which you've never really kind of put your finger on. I find that once I really say, oh, this is bugging me. Is there a solution? Oh, yes, there is. It's about identifying the problem, um, which you sort of have to make that jump.
2: Yeah, I mean, why can it be so hard to identify the problem when once you've identified it, it's just so glaringly obvious
1: (laughs) what it was? I know. It's so mysterious. In fact, we got an email very much like that from uh, our listener, Carrie. And Carrie says, my desk is really cold, like strangely cold, the kind of cold where you walk in and just start complaining. I even have a blanket at my desk. I finally realized I've been complaining about weeks for being cold. And finally, I said to myself, this is ridiculous. Just order a heater. So I did. And I just got it. And it is amazing. I don't think I realized how much it would boost my mood. All that time, all I had to do was to buy a heater. But instead, I sat around and complained that I was cold. Why? I'm not sure. I realized that I was just standing in my own way to happiness sometimes. If you realize there's something you're complaining about and you can easily fix it, fix it. So again, it's just this thing, identify the problem. Often it isn't complicated. Once you identify the problem, it can often be a super simple solution, as simple as a sticker. And Alyssa, speaking of identifying the problem and looking for solutions, um, our before and after story from a listener this week uh, very much exemplifies that principle.
2: Yes. This comes from Janice. She says, after listening to your podcast for the past two years, it finally sunk into my brain that if I was ever going to get myself to take a walk in my lovely neighborhood situated right on the edge of an urban park, I was going to need to get a dog. To be specific, a second dog. I already have an eight-year-old dog who, despite much work with a trainer, is deeply phobic about leaving the house. I love him to pieces, and I realized that for my own health, I could allow myself to stop struggling over his neurotic tendencies and tend to my own strong need to take walks. I couldn't have found a better accountability partner than my new dog adopted from a rescue group about seven months ago. His enthusiasm and commitment for taking a walk has no limits. Rain, snow, or ice can't discourage him. So an added bonus is he's helping me to stop categorizing weather as good or bad, but to simply enjoy it in all its variations. Now, Gretchen, that is a new one. A
1: dog is an accountability partner. <laughs> yes. No, and I think this is a great before and after story because it's like she figured out what she needs. If she's an obliger, she needs accountability, outer accountability. The one dog was not a good outer accountability partner. Now she's got a dog. And it's also interesting to know. you know, it's not enough to say like, oh, I have a strong need for walks and I even live near a park. It's like she needed accountability. You know, an obliger needs outer accountability. And she she got herself the outer accountability and it boosted her happiness. And I love in this story that she also
2: was just like giving her other dog a break. She's like, (laughs) "Okay, dog, you be you. This whole walk thing isn't working out. Let me not try to change you because, of course, she she was trying to change her dog the way we often try to change the people in our lives. She's like, I'm going to love you for who you are. And I'm going to change me and my other situation. So it's really very funny.
1: I know. I wish we could get a little report from the inside of the mind of the first dog. It's because I'm sure he's like, yeah. oh, my gosh, thank goodness this, she's worked this out.
2: <laughs> it's also funny because I've never heard of a dog before who doesn't like to take walks. I thought all dogs liked walks. No,
1: because our dog, Patty Watt, growing up, loves taking walks. But no, this is a big thing in New York. A lot of dogs are kind of like scared of an urban environment and they don't like to go out. It's a big issue. Barnaby, he's very happy to go out. But so here's another thing to back up what Janice is saying about having a dog and having it boosting her walking, is there is research that suggests this is true generally. It shows that dog owners walk 22 minutes more per day than people who don't have dogs. And it's not just like dawdling and ambling around. They're usually walking at moderate intensity, which is the point at which it really does have very good health benefits. This is really good. I, mean, I will post a link to that research if anybody wants to look at it.
2: Wow, I love that. Good for Janice.
1: And I love that the the other thing too is like sometimes with accountability partners they'll let you off the hook. They'll be like, "Oh, you've had such uh-huh. a hard day," or "Yeah, you're right, it's raining." A dog doesn't have excuses to give. Like they don't let uh-huh. you they don't let you out of it. They won't let you off the hook. And so a dog just wants to be walked. It's a great accountability. And they're not going to stop bugging you <laughs> until you walk. <laughs> 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 and now for a listener question. We've heard from so many listeners this episode. Leave us a voicemail question, as always, at 774-277-9336, or easier to remember, 77-HAPPY-336. Um, and, Elizabeth, this week's uh, listener, Christopher, has posed a question to you, so I'm going to read it. Christopher asks, Elizabeth, I've enjoyed learning about the pilot process as you've described on Happier in Hollywood. I don't work in Hollywood, but I also have a job where at certain times the stress, time pressure, late nights, etc., gets much worse for a month or so. What do you do during pilot season to stay happier? Anything to do to prepare in advance when you know it's coming. I end up getting no sleep, eating crappy food, creating a giant mess in my office and home, and that just makes the stressful time more stressful. I would like to be able to deal with these times so that they're less disruptive.
2: Well, Christopher, this is a wonderful question. Um I wish I had an answer. <laughs> I don't. I mean, I have to say everything that he's saying, um, not sleeping, eating crappy food, creating a giant mess, all of that I have done during making this pilot for <laughs> um, ABC that we're making. Um, And as much as we have good intent... Now, I will say I haven't eaten as badly as usual. Largely, that's because my writing partner, Sarah, and co-host of Happier in Hollywood, is she's not eating sugar for a year. So it's like just her not eating sugar makes me eat less sugar, which is great. That is great. Especially since I'm diabetic. But, like, we haven't slept... I think I got like three and a half hours of sleep last night. We, I have talked about like going days without showering. (laughs) So I wish I knew like how to prepare mentally for this time to be, and, and you do get really run down. I mean, you just may not be able to sleep during a hard time like that, but it's like, how can you prepare? Like, I would love to know from our listeners how they prepare For a tough time. We call it happier. We call these times seasons of sacrifice. Yeah. And it's like, how do you prepare for a season of sacrifice so that it's less sacrifice? You know, uh, I don't have an answer. (laughs) I'm the same.
1: I mean, one thing that you've talked about, sort of throughout your life, Elizabeth, as I've known you, is like is sort of like saying to yourself, "By X date, this will all be over. By dinner time tomorrow, this will be over." The nice thing about it, pilot season versus other people's stressful periods is yours is very defined. Where sometimes people right. are sort of like it's like a season, but it's not like okay, there's a date when you know it's going to be over. Do you feel like counting that down helps you manage the stress because you sort of you can kind of pace yourself?
2: I think that does help, Um, but I think it's so consuming that it's hard not to make the mess in the office. You know what I mean? Like, yes, it helps to say, okay, this will be done by May 15th come hell or high water. This pilot will be completely done, done, done. But my closet still has like huge mounds of laundry on the floor. You know what I mean? And like, I am like, I can't be bothered to take my shoes from the living room. I'm making a pilot. Yeah. Like, everything just falls away. It's a victory, like, if I take my medicine every day. You know what I mean? Right. Some There have been days where I'm like, I can't take these pills. It's too much work for me today,
1: you know? Yeah. Well, I think this is a great thing to ask listeners. Like, what have you come up with? I mean, I think everybody, no matter wh- what kind of life you have, yes. has gone through periods or maybe it's something like somebody's in the hospital, and so like everything else in your life is suddenly crowded to the side because you've got to deal with like an, an emergency situation. What do people do? And also, I think Christopher is asking a really good question about, can you do anything in advance? Can you set anything up yeah. in advance? Um, so listeners, let us know, what do you do to prepare for a period of intense stress? I mean, because the problem is, is, and I do the same thing, like, You make a mess because you're like, I can't be bothered to clean it up. But then the mess just makes everything, makes you feel more frustrated, more overwhelmed. You can't find things. It's like it doesn't really help. It might make things worse, and yet you feel like you don't have time to manage it. And so then it's sort of this downward spiral. So I would love to hear if people have come up with some great solutions, great strategies, great hacks.
2: Yes, I would, too. (laughs) I need them. I need them. I need them. Coming up, Gretchen gives herself a demerit related to being a fair-skinned redhead. But
3: first, this break.
2: Okay, Gretchen, it's time for demerits and gold stars, and this week you have a happiness demerit.
1: Yes, yeah, so and this is a demerit, which I completely deserve because I know better. Oh, my gosh. I have red hair. I have the, the like the really easily sunburned skin that often comes with people with red hair. I've been sunburned many times in my life. I know that if even like one little inch of my body is out in the sun, I will get a sunburn. And we went to a beach vacation with my in-laws the way we do every year, and... I got a bizarre sunburn all down the side of my right leg, which is really, really hurts. And I think, why did I not put on sunscreen? Like I was walking around and yes, I was trying to stay in the shade, but it's like the sun finds you. It's very easy to be sitting someplace and not realize like that something like your right calf is out in the sun, even though your head is in the right. shade. This has happened to me a million times before. It takes one second to put on like a, just a base layer of spray on sunscreen When am I just going to, you know, there's something so annoying when you just keep making the same dumb mistake. And I did it. And, you know, and of course it was like it hurt and then it was itchy. And then, you know, then it's like, I'm like, well, am I going to have freckles on one side of my leg and not the other for the next two years? So anyway, demerit. I'm going to try never to earn that one again.
2: It's funny because I do think it's also a generational thing because like our kids grew up with sunscreen. So I think they automatically put it on. Yes. But we when we were young, sunscreen was not in fashion. (laughs) Um, So, you know, it's not that habit that it is. For people who grew up using it all the time. But, and that's such a so. good point
1: because, of course, I was hounding Eleanor every five minutes. Do you have yes. on sunscreen? Do you have on sunscreen? Why did I not take my own advice? I, you know, anyway, I, I hope that this is the last time I will earn that demerit. But, listen, give us a gold star. What is a great gold star?
2: Well, I'm giving Adam, my husband, a gold star this week because, as we just discussed in our listener question, I have been in pilot madness and I have been doing nothing around the house. Like I've been completely consumed by my own um, work and Adam has completely picked up the slack at home. He's taken over Jack hundred percent, you know, in terms of worrying about what's going on with him and when he needs to be where, you know, where he needs to be. And it's just been such a load off my mind that like, I don't have to worry about home. Right. I know that Adam is dealing with home and if Adam has stuff, you know, because he has his own stuff going on, he's figuring out covering whatever needs to be done with Jack. So I don't need to worry about that. And it's a huge load off my mind because I see like Sarah, my writing partner, she's an only parent. So she's dealing like every second she's not with Violet, she needs to know that somebody is, and she has to be calling and texting and making sure it's dealt with. And I don't have that, and it is a huge relief. And I just want to thank him for... Picking up the slack.
1: Now, you know, he's also a TV writer. Do you think this is easier for him because he kind of understands what you're going through? Do you think he's sort of more... Yes,
2: I think it is easier because he knows, like, if you know, that I'll I'll be shooting for 14 hours and that I might say I'm going to be home at 7, but I don't end up getting home till 10. And, like, he knows that... You really don't have a lot of control, so he doesn't expect me to have control over my time. He just accepts that I'm off in the abyss of production and I'll be back when I'm back.
1: So he doesn't say things like, well, you just need to march in there and tell them you've got to walk out the door at 8. You're like, yeah, that is not going (laughs) to happen. None of that. None of that. And I would do the same for him, of course. Right, right, right. Oh, well, that's a great gold star. Gold star to Adam. And that is it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Have a weekly phone date. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. And also let us know what are your strategies, tips, and hacks for dealing with a period of intense stress uh, in life or at work. Thank you to Jennifer Lai for helping us
2: out today. Our Happier in Hollywood producer is guest producing today. Also, thanks to Odelia Rubin, Kristen Meinzer, and Andy Bowers of Panoply.
1: And thanks, too, to Jason Gambrell, who helped us out today, and, and he has many days in the past with some technical issues. He's a genius. Thank you, Jason.
2: Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter, at Gretchen Rubin and I'm at Elizabeth Craft.
1: Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, as always, Please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. The resources that I want to suggest for this week one is you can sign up for my newsletter, which comes out about once a month. You can email me here, or you can also text me. You can send a message to 66866 and in the message box, enter the word happier. You'll get a text back that asks you to enter your email address. If you type in your email, you'll get a confirmation and you'll be signed up. I post there about interesting articles or updates, and you'll hear about Outer Order, Inner Calm. Or you can also sign up for The Moment of Happiness, which is a daily newsletter that I send out that has a quotation about happiness, which is one of the highlights of my life, is picking out the quotations to include in that newsletter. So uh, get in touch if you'd like to sign up for either of those. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft, And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward.